You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded whores. Hi, lovies. Welcome back to 50 Plus a Tip. I'm your host, Danica. I'm Riley. And our gorgeous guest today is commonly known as Slim, a.k.a. Slim Thick. We're sure you can imagine why. <laughs> She's a 27-year-old <laughs> dancer, creative, silly sweetheart with people-pleasing mummy issues. Ugh, relatable. <laughs> Riley and I have both had the pleasure of working with Slim in the strip club world and are excited to sit down with her today and get to know her a bit better. Slim, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh my god, no, thank you for having me. I was so flattered when you invited me on. Okay. Um, I really love that you're breaking down the stigma of strippers having daddy issues by instead oh having mommy issues. <laughs> daddy issues are so cliche. Like, have yeah, you ever right? thought about the mama trauma yeah. we go through? Like, hello. <laughs> Truly. Uh, so, firstly, how long have you been in sex work and how did you get into the industry? Um, so I actually literally just came upon the realization recently that I've just hit over three years where I've been like stripping, dancing, go-go, online OF, kind of been all around in the world a little bit. I've dipped my toes in it a little bit everywhere. So yeah. And I got into it. Um, it was actually kind of something that I wanted to do during a time in my life where I was taking a break from like retail and customer service. And I was like, I'm really tired of working for other people. This isn't fulfilling or giving me any happiness. And I honestly grew up super religious and Christian. And I knew when I was really young that I wanted to just like do anything I could to not follow the norm and make my money and be sufficient and like so yeah I just walked into a strip club literally with a resume in Calgary Alberta in a resume with a resume <laughs> I actually well I decided to apply as a bartender because I was like maybe I should work in the environment first see if it's something that's for me or you know maybe it's not and I walked in literally with a, like a pencil skirt a blazer a pair Aww. of heels and a resume and I walked up to the bartender and I asked you know can I hand it a resume and this girl up and down me and she was like are you planning on stripping? And I was like, well, that's the end goal. That's definitely the end goal. And she's like, cool. Um, you're too hot to be a bartender. You're going to come and go-go this weekend, bring lingerie and a garter strap and a pair of heels. And you, if you can make it from 9 till 3 a.m. on the pole and you like it, you, the job's yours. And I was nice. like, okay. And then this is the beginning of that. What's the difference between, like, stripping and go-go dancing? Well, I've never go-go'd in B.C., but in Alberta, it's basically, it's a difference between a license with the city municipality, essentially. And right. so, like, I don't strip, but I, like, you just, they have, like, little side poles throughout the clubs and VIP sections, and you just literally hang out there. You still have a garter shop. Uh, I don't recall, I don't even think I made hourly. It was literally just tips. But yeah. um, you just dance on the pole all night. You get, like, three bathroom, ten-minute water breaks throughout the night, and you just go hard. And like, um, people aren't allowed to touch you at all other than putting money in your garter shop. But like those like psycho baby dancers that you see, like skinning their knees, doing the most, that was definitely me. It's like on the side pole, getting side eyed by the strippers. I was on stage though. You don't take your clothes off though at all. No, nothing. And so it was actually a part of my job where I worked there for about two weeks and I had like crippling stage fright. I could not do any performing arts growing up. My mom tried and it just like was not a thing. And so they were kind of like, yo, Slim, like, it's a part of your job that, like, throughout the night we do put go-go's on stage just for, like, two songs in between, like, the headliners. Like, we've been here long enough. It's a Sunday. There's, like, six dudes in here. Like, just put whatever you want on. Go up on stage and do it and see if you like it. And I was, like, shaking. Like, literally. And I wasn't even wearing, uh, I didn't wear pleasers at this point. I was wearing, like, Aldo. I was wearing Aldo platform heels. Represent. Because bitch been working for Aldo since I was, like, 17. So I had to represent. (laughs) And I went up and did, like, a couple songs, came down. And I remember walking up to the DJ booth after. And they were, like, see, like, that wasn't bad. And I was, like, so, like. 
do you need any more shows still tonight? Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, because, like, that was fun, and I want to do that again. So, that was that. Like, I, yeah, was I mean, I think we both used to, competi- to competitively dance. Yeah. And, like, I still get stage fright. Like, oh, my God. After two months of vacation, I was like, I don't know if I know any moves yeah. anymore. I was like, I'm just going to black the fuck out. Yeah. I... But then it's like, as soon as you step up yeah. there, you, like, forget about it. It just dissipates into thin air. But, like, before walking up and waiting in the DJ booth, my stomach is just, like, in knots, and I'm like... Yeah. Come on, we've done this yeah. like a thousand times. Like for sure. I uh yeah, I was like on stage the other day and I was like, wow, I move so much slower than I used to. <laughs> like a year ago. Yeah. I was like, oh man, and I thought that was slow and now Working I'm like Working smarter, Ooh. not harder. <laughs> yeah. So how long have you been in the industry then you said? Three years. Three years. Okay. Um and then you also did uh PR at one point yeah, within I had that. A- brief little PR stint. Yeah, which for listeners should know, it's kind of like just like private gig at the club. Yeah. Um, But then you went back to the club and you're primarily in the club now, Honestly, so PR was just kind of a chapter in my life where that was definitely like going into stripping. I'm like super aware of the privilege that when entering the industry wasn't like a form of survival for me, but PR was kind of like a form of survival. So Mm -hmm. when the club shut down and I just really started to like identify, I, so by the time COVID rolled around, I had officially been stripping for like, like three or four months. Like I had officially had my license and was actually stripping in Alberta at that point. And I finally got into it. It was really coming into like myself and my identity as a stripper. And then COVID showed up, shut the clubs down. And so I, literally just kind of fell into it I was actually really hesitant at first because I'm not a partier in my regular life I never after partied like I was known in all my friend groups at like at 3 30 when the lights are on in the club like so like doing the Irish exit and like I'm disappearing and getting my McDonald's and going home because I don't care who's after party we're going to that's just not my scene Mm -hmm. and so the thought of being hired to do like partying was really intimidating but I did it, got, found a good support system, and it was, like, really thankful for that time in my life because it paid my bills, it fed me, it took care of me and my cat, but, like, at the same time, as soon as the club doors opened up, I was like, oh, my God, yes, I can be back on stage, yeah. this is more my scene, like, yeah, and then, yeah, I just didn't really, I dabbled in PR a little bit after, but it was very clear just for me and my my mental health and where I am that I'm, I'm a stage, I'm a pole princess, right. so. <laughs> so you started in 2019 or 2020? Yeah, like 2019, yeah. Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah. <laughs> Waving my cane. <laughs> touch base on like a couple of the avenues that you worked in yeah. you rattled them off in the beginning now what have been your favorite and least favorite oh that's I mean oh. you just said you were Paul Princess so I'm okay, okay well obviously stage is like number one that's yeah. like my oxygen I've like cried on stage I've had like from the audience just feeding me energy and like I don't know there's just something validating about stage that's a little different for me than other things yes the money obviously that comes with it like Fuse my soul in other ways. We love this. We love that good monetary karmic energy. Um, So my lease is a hard tie between... PR and OnlyFans actually it's so funny because I just reacted to my OnlyFans like a week ago <laughs> broke bitch problems no I'm kidding yeah. <laughs> but like sometimes it's just nice to have that like little side hustle coming in but uh, for me um I dived really hard in the paint with OF also when COVID started like because as soon as the club shut down like OnlyFans became so like suddenly mainstream mm-hmm. and also that was way before it was oversaturated so like you could make bank off of OnlyFans just doing it out of your bedroom, low maintenance, and it wasn't really, like, this huge popular thing, but 
I went like so hard into it like because at that time I didn't really care like the idea of like how that would affect me in my future if I ever left the industry like really didn't faze me because I feel like there is always a little part of us or at least me when I first started stripping where I was like stripping for life eh, I don't give a fuck eh, yeah. and like lots of regretful tattoos and things that I did yeah. in my baby days and then like that was kind of like this thing where I didn't care about what I was posting on Twitter and yeah. and then like looking back now I'm kind of like not that I am I'm, like I feel shame towards like my OnlyFans era it was just more like it just and it becomes so much work it's like yeah. so much more work than any other form of like sex work in a different way that I've found because it's so much emotional labor yeah on your phone and like performatively and like I hate editing and staring at myself fake orgasm on my phone all the time <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. so cringery and ick for me but you know what girls that I know that do it and hustle it and make like that 100k a month and they're doing it like I have so much admiration for it and then PR, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just, again, I'm not a partier. Yeah. So I really suck at, like, pretending to have a good time in, a, in an environment that I'm just, like, that's just not my normal kind of environment. Yeah. And so I found for me in PR, like, I just was really, really relying on alcohol and things to compartmentalize with it. And it just, just when the clubs opened and I got back on stage, that was kind of it for me. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Speaking of um, partying and relying on alcohol, mm-hmm. um, you're sober. Yeah, I'm just um, up for five months in yeah, the next got, couple days. Congratulations. So you're you. completely sober in your personal life or just at work? Um, completely sober from alcohol in my okay. my whole life. <laughs> yeah. I'm still, like, I'm a California sober girl. I still smoke my, my weed. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, what made you decide to go sober? Um, I think I've always, I've known literally for years deep down that I didn't enjoy alcohol. Drinking was never a thing for me. Even in high school, I was like, I've been smoking weed since I was like 13 years old. And even the, in high school, I wasn't like, I never had good experiences drinking. It just wasn't for me. And so when I really dove into sex work full time with like PR and stripping, I kind of like felt like it was something that I kind of had to like, like, because it was so tied into the culture. And honestly, for dealing with things like full service sex work and escorting and stuff like that, for me, like I actually found I really needed it to mm-hmm. compartmentalize, to even like want to be in these environments and yet, et cetera, et cetera. Also you form a lot of these friendships with other women in the industry, not saying that they're not genuine or they're not positive, but like a lot of it is surface layer. And like, if I wasn't going out and drinking with you and getting wasted at three in the afternoon at brunch every single day, like if we took that away, well, like what is our friendship really? Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of like, yeah, I just decided I've done sobriety stints. I call them sobriety stints. Cause like, honestly, like I never know if I'll stop drinking like forever. I do genuine, I have this goal where I want to be 30. When I turn 30, I want to have no vices. I want to have like, I don't even smoke weed. I don't drink. I don't even want to drink coffee anymore. I don't vape. I like, I don't really do a lot of that stuff already, but like, I would love to live a vice free life. That's mm-hmm. just, seems really like attractive to me in my head. And so I do plan to quit smoking weed Ugh, as much as I hate saying that, but like, I don't know, drinking was just, it was just destroying my life. I and mean, turning me into someone I wasn't. I feel like when I drink and I get super intoxicated, like, that's not me, like, at all. The decisions I make. <laughs> I don't know her. Exactly. I'm literally like, people are like, well, I'm like, I don't want to hear it. I don't yeah. know her. Let's not talk about her. That was an old friend. Yeah. You know, a little friend of me back in the day. Yeah. Like, and so I just, just, I just hated who I was when I was drinking. Also, all of my super traumatic experiences throughout sex work always happened when I was, like, super intoxicated and was, like, in situations where I let my boundaries down that I never would normally in my sober life. So, just kind of, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 That's uh, yeah. I think it's so hard, too. Like, I remember when I first started dancing, it was, mm-hmm. like, 
a drink, like a drink a night, and then it was yeah. like maybe two, and then it was. If you're not paying for them. Yeah, exactly. People are buying you like drinks. Shots. You wanna exactly. You wanna kind of like mm-hmm. lubricate them up to mm-hmm. take them to for a dance. And it does kind of suck you in a little bit into yeah. that, like, aspect of it. And then stopping is such a drastic change from even that, like, one-a-night drink. Mm-hmm. So do you have any advice for, like, newbies coming into the industry and getting wrapped mm-hmm. up in that sort of party aspect? That's such a great question. Um, mm, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. It's hard because I get asked that a lot. Um, actually, by, a lot by, like, newer... Um, people entering the industry and for me like it was just a really big mindset shift and I don't know if that came from my actual experience and experiences through the industry and through my traumas and what and and the good things that happened to me so far throughout sex work but it was more like listen are you in this industry because it's all like fun and games are you here to make money like I'm here Mm. to like support myself create a future for myself that like no one else can do for me no one else is going to feed yourself pay your bills get yourself out of bed, make yourself drink water, go to the gym, you know, do those things for you other than yourself. And so I grew up in a single parent household where my dad was around, but like my mom primarily raised us four kids. And I just like washed my mom coupon cut, penny pinch. I wore hand-me-downs and I just like knew growing up that I was like, I'm just like, I want to be in a place where like, I don't want to be rich, but I want to be comfortable. So for mm-hmm. here, you're here to make your money girl. So like yeah. if you put that perspective in where you're like, I'm here to hustle. I'm not here to, I don't drink. I dance. That is literally my line that I give to customers when they harass me to drink when I'm like, no, 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 babe. I don't know. I'm not here to drink. I'm here to dance. So like, let's go for a dance. Like yeah. I can buy myself a $7 drink. I don't need to. Yeah. I'm like, I'm good. Or and just if, give me the $7. Mm-hmm. Like, or, and the other thing is like, also like, if I'm here to drink, do you think I want to be here drinking at work? I'd be out here drinking with my girls. I'm going to be off. Like, sir, like, you know, and so it's like a really, it was like a mindset shift for me where I'm like, and I feel like when you have that focused energy, when you're in the club or in your set, whatever your work environment is, then also the universe gives you great karmic, uh, monetary karmic mm-hmm. energy back. Where like, if you're here to hustle, you're going to get that bag. Like, you know, like stay in your lane, just focus on your bag. And also like just have a drink in your hand that isn't alcohol because then people aren't going to ask you for drinks if you yeah. got a big drink in your hand, you know? I'm always like, I'm good, but yeah. I don't know. It's a mindset thing. And surrounding yourself. Sobriety is like 80% of who you surround yourself with. It really, 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 really is. Um, See, so yeah, I don't know. Don't fall in the bullshit. Yeah. Don't fall mm-hmm. in the drama. Don't fall in the bullshit. I know. I mean, I, I did, I've done PR as well, and I think there are a lot more, like, vices going on oh. there. PR's a little darker. Yeah. And Strip club's definitely still a little yeah. bubblegum pop still. And it, always, <laughs> and it was always the notion of, like, why are you, like, at this party indulging in vices with, like, men that you wouldn't hang out with otherwise instead of, like, making money to go enjoy vices with friends if that's what you choose mm-hmm. to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like also a big switch for me was I woke up one day, I didn't wake up one day, but I had a like, I've had this realization a couple times and it's really hit me hard where in the beginning of this five months, right, I was on a, a date and the guy was like, well, if you, if you want to have a drink, like you can have a drink, like just cause I don't drink doesn't mean like you're welcome to have a drink. Mm-hmm. I know you've had a really rough day. Like you want to order one. And I remember like looking at him and being like, no, like that's the issue though, is I don't want to have a drink because I've had a bad day or because yeah. the night is shit at, at the club or I'm not making money or I had a really bad day at in my personal life and then I'm going to go to work and have a couple drinks and then no, 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 no. Like I want to drink because I'm having a good day and I want to celebrate or I'm with good energy, you know? And so when we're like using alcohol to compartmentalize and numb or like medicate, not Mm -hmm. like medicate, but you know what I mean? Like you're aiding like a sad 
feeling that then it's it's, it's only going to bring you like negativity. So the problem, right? Get you come here and get your money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't get no, sad. Get your money. I, agree. I echo a lot of like what you said um, about like because I was like mostly sober for like six years. Yeah. Back in this last year where I started yeah. like having drinks at work again, which I'm going back to like yeah, yeah. Much sobriety again now. Um, it was more so yeah. I just did not like who I was. Mm-hmm. It, like when I. In the morning, I'd have such bad hangover anxiety. It was never fucking worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, the things I would say and do were things I would never do when I'm, like, the right state of mind. Yeah. And also, I found people, like, that's what people would know you as. No matter if you were sober for a year, yes. on your best behavior, the one night you fucked up and drank and did something stupid, Said people something would be wrong, like, oh, she's wrong. like this. Like, mm-hmm. oh. And then I just was like, no, I don't want to be characterized by, like, my yes. fucked up shit I did when I was drunk. Like, I want yeah. to, like, acknowledge me and, like working at my best level of And me. it doesn't matter what job you're in. Like, having that need to have a good work ethic and have good work rapport, like, that all, again, will bring back that good karmic energy. Yeah. That, like, you're here to stay in your lane and do your job. And, like, that's why, like, the mean girl shit, the petty shit, just, like, ignore it. Yeah. Ignore it. Mean girl shit comes everywhere in every industry. It definitely comes on pretty strong here because you're also in such a vulnerable environment as it is. Working with other women, also having to work, once again, putting, you know, like, putting yourself out there for men. And so, like... I feel like if you're just here to fucking work and, like, just focus on that and make that your goal, keep that as, like, a safety boundary, like, an energetic boundary around you. Yeah, definitely. I know people are always like, how do you stay up so late working or how do you work so hard? And it's like, honestly, money's my drug. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need booze yes. to keep me going. I don't need coke to keep me going. Like, the mon- when the money comes down, I'm like, yeah. let's fucking do it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm here And that can this. be a toxic relationship, but it can be uh, a yeah. damn healthy relationship. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you construct the narrative on that, yeah. like, you can make that a healthy relationship. Yeah. You really can. Yeah. But some people will, will distort that and be like... Oh, I got so in- intoxicated with making the money. Like, I just got so fucked. I just started drinking all... I just started blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, girl, that's not intoxicated with the money. You're intoxicated with the lifestyle. Yeah. And, like, you're letting it, like, leech onto you. And this, like, again, not saying the club is, like, all, like, you know, rainbows and butterflies. It can be a dark place, too. But if you're here and, like, you have that clear... I'm so much more focused. My hustle is so yeah. much better now yeah. that I'm sober. Oh, like, yeah. I'm just, like, I see right through people's bullshit. I can read someone's energy so much better. Like... I pick my piece over people, quantity over quality, or quality over quantity. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. when I was drunk, I, like, still to this day, take someone for a dance, and they're like, you don't remember me, do you? And I go, oh, boy, here we go. And yeah. then they're like, last year, took you for, like, four dances, blah, 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 you schmoozed me, you gave me your number, went home, it was a fake number, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just, like, sitting there, like, I'm still living in yeah. the decisions that I made a year ago. But to be fair, I would say that's so bad. <laughs> I know, I know. Try <laughs> to be meaner. Yeah, 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 literally. Oh. No, and also, too, like what you said about, like, at 30 being on your vices. First off, it comes fast. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, I'll be here tomorrow. I feel it coming. Um, but also, that's why one of the reasons, too, I didn't uh, care to drink at work or anything as well was, and I never touched drugs because I was like, I don't want to leave this industry not having it been worth it. Like, I want yeah. to leave the industry yeah. Take something from yeah, it. Yeah, that I made more in this industry than I could have been doing anything else in my life mm-hmm. during those times. Because of all the bullshit we put up with this industry, I better walk away being like, it was all worth it at the end. 110%. And, like, when I see, yeah, people at PR gigs or at the club who are, like, fucked up making no money, I'm like, you, yeah. you have to put up with so much bullshit in this industry and you walked away with nothing tonight. Like, And we are know. all, like, temples of energy and you are like giving and taking energy whether you even like whether you're fucking someone or not whether you are grinding naked on them in a vip room whether you're sitting and talking to them in a booth like you are exchanging so much energy and i feel like 
when we drink and our walls are down and we're vulnerable, like people, we don't, we, people just take, we're not even giving energy. People are just take, take, mm-hmm. taking it from us. And then again, like that was the other thing too, is it's not just, I don't like who I was when I drank and I was intoxicated. I hated who I was the next day. Mm-hmm. I was like a write off for like, not even just one day. Like, especially when you hit over 25, that alcohol be hitting different and like, it's, you're not hungover for a day. Yeah. It's like you're hungover for a week. And like, yeah. it just completely like shifted my priorities and yeah. my drive and like, I just love being proud of myself, and that's a big thing. Like, when yeah. you're sober and you come home and you make a good bag, and you're yeah. like, yeah. like, no, 100%. I sure. also gotta say, like, I do think that people can come into this industry and not want to leave with, like, the money. Like, I know yeah. that some people come in and, like, want to leave mm-hmm. having had an incredible time, mm-hmm. but yeah. also those incredible times are so much more, memor- like, memorable outside of work. Like, yeah. I mean, me and Dee, we've been friends for, like, you know, since pretty much the entire time that I've been at the club. Yeah. Um, and we've had great times both in and out, but the memorable ones are the ones outside of the club. Mm-hmm. Like, those are the ones that you think of, like, oh, what are my favorite memories together? It's yeah. never at work. So, like, yeah. if, if we're you know, no, shit we've had work. We've had ones that come to no, mind. No. So, even if your goal isn't to, like, beach is definitely, yeah. like, my one. But, like, even if your goal isn't to, like, have a bunch like have more money than you could have yeah you know at a different job if like if it's to have a good it time it can enhance the quality of your life yeah definitely. then have like conscious good times not yeah ever. intentional mm-hmm. conscious yeah. present not yeah. like mm-hmm. let's just get fucked up every like summer times for me when i was drinking and doing pr was like i was just it was just all oh, those boat parties oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, patio days like <laughs> And that yeah. was the thing, like, during PR, PR, I definitely made some of, like, the most money I've ever made, especially when I was doing full service, because I have no shame, like, mm-hmm. yeah. I was making some of the best money I had ever made, but I look back, and I have absolutely nothing to show for those times, because I just blew through it. I have, like, a couple designer things that are collecting dust in my yeah. closet, and, like, I don't know, like, I had a couple, I had some really good memories with other people during those, like, summer seasons and those times, but I look back, and I'm like... Still wish though I just been like a little more like on a path, not yeah. just like like everywhere. I wish I'd been like a little bit more on a path because now we are definitely entering a recession and money is not flowing like yeah. it used to be. That's for and sure. it truly is come and very easy go. <laughs> yeah, there's no good or bad nights of the week anymore. You come in and you yeah. hustle. <laughs> yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, speaking of how to act in clubs mm-hmm. and the the things we see here. Yeah. Um, you've been quite vocal on social media about club etiquette. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that concept is dissipating more we and honestly, more every day. We oh. honestly message each other when you come up with a story. Um, do you think there's been a shift in how girls act at the club? And if so, why do you think this shift is happening? Oh, this is such a good question. Thank you. Um, uh, I'm I'm so, glad I <laughs> <laughs> so glad I haven't eaten anything and I've had coffee, so I'm fired up. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, I don't know. It's hard because I don't want to speak entirely like I have, I'm, I know all, like know all. Cause like, I don't know, like, like you've Oh, we t- do. We I'll speak be, like we know all. I know. But like, I'm, I still to this day feel like I'm a baby in this industry. I've only been in it for three years. Like I still like sometimes have hesitation before I speak on shit like this because I don't want these like vet dancers out there to be like bitch you don't know shit also I started we do pre- think that when you guys talk about it I know 100% exactly <laughs> I, like, I respect that I've been in this industry the same length of time as you but like also I feel like you know as long as you go about it right way you can yeah. speak your shit so yeah. my opinion on club etiquette allegedly so I do feel like it's shifted it has really shifted because it came with the whole shift with like club culture like strip club culture and 
mainstream sex work. I feel like it's because there's such this huge influx of just like people wanting to dip their feet into this industry because a lot of girls really are just dipping their feet in. Like mm -hmm. it's not like this is a form of survival for a lot of them, which again, I check my privilege. That wasn't my original entry into the industry. But like I feel like because of that, there's this like lack of like awareness of like etiquette that has just kind of been withstanding in clubs for a long, long time. Like, I don't know, basic shit that actually just seems like common sense to me and a lot of other people, but it's oblivious to a lot of girls. And I find that a lot of times when it's communicated to said new girls, they don't really take it very well. They mm -hmm. don't take it humbly. They think that we're just a bunch of crusty old stage dancers, <laughs> you know, like, and I'm, and then that's not the case. It's a matter of like, there's enough money to go around car. Like literally if the universe has a plan for us all to make money, there's enough money for all of us. But, like, when you're coming in here and you're talking to people on my front row, when I've been here for 13 fucking hours, I've done 32 shows in a week, mm -hmm. I'm busting my ass, my knees are sore, my body hurts, and, like, I'm putting in a different kind of effort from, like, what you're doing, and you're just, like, walking on up to my stage and talking to people, and then when I crawl up and I'm like, hey, girl, can you maybe, like, wait till I get off stage before you come talk to my front row? And I've had li literally women looking at me and they go, fuck off, and shit like that to me, and I literally am like, first of all, if we were out East Coast... If we were East Coast, <laughs> even in Canada, if we were East Coast, you'd have a boot to your face right now. Yeah. Second of all, if this was five years ago, oh, when, like, have a when girls face. were allowed to hit girls in the club, like, yeah. I didn't even work in that those days, and I wish I'd been there to see some of that shit. But I'm sure I would have been clapped at a couple yeah, times, yeah. Too, you know? <laughs> I got a lot of mouth, so, like, but it was just, like, it's just, and it's just, like, really crazy to me, and I, maybe it's a matter of, like, clubs establishing those etiquette, those small etiquette things, like, right off the bat and being more firmer about it. Or maybe it's a matter of, like, again, just, like, with the culture shifting so much, like, people just don't care or have awareness. Yeah. Or, and they, again, they think that we're just prudish people. But I'm like, girl, like, you can, like, go rob that guy for all he's got. But can you wait till my pussy is not dragging on this stage? <laughs> like, give me, like, you know, give me my time and have your time. And, like, little things like that. But the thing is, I'm pretty open to shit about, like, talking to, like, multiple girls talking to a, a customer in the club like I don't believe anyone's customer is anyone's customer type mm -hmm. shit I do think there's like generic stuff like don't talk to my fucking people when I'm on front row don't be like eh, 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 twerking on a table when there's a dancer on stage you know they're like there's such little shit that like yeah. it just is like really basic respect things that just seems to not exist in a lot of club atmospheres anymore but <sighs> yeah I know it's I mean I started around the same time as you, as I've said, for the yes. third time, <laughs> this podcast, and I worked at a club where the, the stage girls were always the same, mm -hmm. and so I feel like um, they, them and the club had a little bit more of a repertoire, yeah. and so I think it was drilled into the girls like the VIP girls yeah. a bit more that you can't take people away from the stage. Mm -hmm. um, and so like you learn that very quickly. And I remember we even had like a meeting about it where they told us, like everyone that. came in and was like, this is what you're allowed to do. And this is what you're not allowed to do. But it's so I much easier this. when you have like house girls, you know? Yes. Um, and when you don't have a house yeah. mom, like that, I find like, not that like that's a common thing necessarily in Canada per se, but like, I feel like when you don't have like a head, head of house I guess yeah. is the term to kind of like delegate those like rules and like boundaries it's it gets so lost in translation especially in VIP because like a hundred fucking VIP girls go through a club at night like yeah. in a week like I don't know it's so hard to keep track of everyone half of those girls will work one night and they'll never come back again yeah. you know and so it's just like 
Yeah, and the other, sorry, I know you're going to say something. <laughs> oh, no, I interrupted you about well, interrupting I'll let the me. baby strippers talk. <laughs> no, we're here. But like, and I'll check yeah, you. Yeah, but that's okay. the thing. I just, like, I feel like girls do it because there are no consequences anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I agree with that. Like, it's been yeah. a big shift. Okay. All right, go, Aldi. <laughs> Get up from my seat. Um, it's funny because this girl's skin glows more than like both of ours combined. Yeah. Like she's got the best skin in the room, but like she acting like she's dusty. Yeah. It's Botox. Um, <laughs> I went in my therapy the other day, and she was like, uh, she like said something to um, to me, and I just like kept my face, and she's like, okay, your face isn't really moving. Like, do you want to explain what emotions are happening? I was like, first off, I put the Botox. <laughs> I can't see the um, crying on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> like, dying inside. Hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> physically move my face. Uh, yeah, and she liked that one. <laughs> Score, made my therapist laugh. Yeah, no, I think it's a combination of things. I think it's one, a lot of us veteran dancers who grew up in, during a rougher time in the industry, came in a rougher time, yeah. were like a dying breed. Um, and we don't have the energy to train 30 girls a night how to be a not better, job more either. respectful dancer. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're not allowed to do the shit we did before. We're like, we can't knock a bitch out for <sighs> acting wrong. because people sue or yeah. whatever. Yeah, before we could. <laughs> like, before, if you acted wrong, someone was going to, like, n- like knock you out in the fucking change yeah. room. Um, even, like, I can't remember I said something to the girl the other day. I was like, she was, like, on her phone in the change room. I was like, oh, like... Any other time, I would have slapped her phone on her hand. Oh, because like that volume on and shit, like being super Yeah, loud. or just like you just, it was a thing back in the day, you wouldn't talk on your phone in the change room. You oh, your, on your You phone wouldn't play your, your music in the change room. Like, you'd respect that. This is not your fucking space. Yeah. Um, it's just not a thing anymore. Um, yeah, the way new girls come in here now, as if yeah. they're like God's gift. Like, there was like a lot more like mm-hmm. humbleness when you came to clubs back in the day. Um, and then, yeah, like we're not allowed to do anything to check these girls. And mm-hmm. then also a lot of these... Um, people managing clubs have never been on the other side, so they don't care. They don't get it if the dancers come and talk to the yeah. stage because it doesn't impact them in any way. So they're not being educated when they first come in. No. There should be a rundown, being like, "Don't yeah. get girls on the stage. Don't sit with the customer who has a girl with them already yeah, at the like table." Staff like, meeting even once a month. Like, yeah, anything like that just to check yeah. people. And when girls misstep, like they're fired. Like that's how it should be. Um, unfortunately, or it's very loosey goosey. You know, yeah. the shit that I see people get away with in the clubs nowadays, even compared to like pre pandemic when I was even just a go go dancer, girl, if I even like, I wasn't even allowed to, a rule was your feet stayed on the ground when his dancer was on stage. She still mm-hmm. stayed on your go go pole, but if you tried to like do a trick, your feet left the ground, you're fired, like mm-hmm. right on the spot. And it wasn't even the management that needed to fire you. Literally, the dancer would like walk over to the end of the stage and be like, get the fuck off the pole, like you're done. Yeah. You're done. Like, and now it's just like, hey, you're, done. <laughs> you're done. And now I'm like, dancing dancing at a club last week and there's girls like on the side poles and like I literally watched a bouncer go up to one of them and be like you can't be on that pole when there's a girl on stage and she just was like rah, 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 in his ear and he was like okay and walked away and she stayed on the pole and I went and talked to the DJ I was like hey I literally just watched a bouncer go up and like tell that person to get off the pole while there's a girl on stage and they just were like blah 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 and DJ goes oh yeah they've been working here on and off for eight years and apparently the owner himself says that he, they don't give a shit if dancers dance on the I poles because that that's an old school rule apparently in the like old school days like they didn't care if there was girls yeah. so and I didn't know that so I was so like I was like what and she was like yeah and, she, and like DJ was like you know I don't really agree with it either but it is a thing from back yeah. in the day and she's been here for a while so she don't give a fuck and she's gonna dance there and like because yeah. I was very shocked but also like again like things were so different back then that like I have no fucking clue yeah yeah um, and I just think, too, like, some of it's just, like, 
you as a human. Like, no one had to tell me not to try to take someone else's money. Like, so, like, I was at a <laughs> you PR game. You say that out loud. <laughs> no one had to tell me not to take like, someone else's uh, money. Yeah. Like, it's just not rocket science. Um, I was at a gig a little while back, and this girl started doing a lap dance in the room and the guys. And, like, for me, I don't do that. I don't start dancing for free unless someone buys a lap dance. Like, 100%. I'm just not going to. Some girls, Why would they especially pay? They for free. newer dancers, will dance around the room hoping guys throw money. And I'm like, okay, you could have sold a show. Yeah, yeah. But all right. You're a small bag compared to the mine. Hustler in you is yeah. like... But whatever. So then um, she's dancing around, then they do start throwing money, and a girl comes up to me who's also a newer dancer, and she's like, do you want to jump in there with her? And I was like... Um, I'm not going to because she started this and I'm not going to jump in now because yeah. now that I see money getting thrown, I'm not going to jump in and take the money. Oh yeah. um, yeah, unless she was like me. comfortable with me doing that. I don't know her well enough. Yeah. Like if it was Riley, I'd jump right in. Yeah. Yours is mine and mine is mine. <laughs> we carpool at home together anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, but I don't know this girl. And she was like, well, okay. And then she went in and I was like, oh. I would have kicked your ass. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> you, you knew Dan's going to fight amongst each other. I'm going to go get chips. Oh, the times at parties that that's happened too. Yeah. Like it always happens at parties because there's something a little bit more savage about, I feel like, private parties. In the club, there's still a, a level of like, this isn't like this is someone else's establishment yeah. there are rules even a customer like th- I think that's what I love about clubs versus PR if someone's rude to me I can literally be like fuck you bye and like yeah, walk yeah. away where like in a PR setting I have to kind of be like I've been here for three and a half hours <laughs> stuck here yeah. and smile <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love your misogynistic, funny, sexist, slightly yeah. racist comments. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was talking to one of the managers at a club recently, and I was like, "This fucking bitch did this." I was like, "And if she fucking did it to me, he's like, he's like, she wouldn't, because people are scared of you." <laughs> I not know why I was scared of you guys in PR. Yeah. <laughs> you two also are a little power yeah. duo. You two, yeah, you guys are very intimidating yeah, together. For how small you are, you are very intimidating. <laughs> yeah. See, pine size. I mean, I also again, mama trauma and people pleasing. So I'm just like everybody like me. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. don't accept well, like. Yeah, so it's good to have. Uh, no, it's good though. Yeah. That is power much. you gotta wield though. That is good, like good power to have though. Because if you're seen as a pushover and needed to be liked, then that's mean people. Before I pit up with her, she carries my backbone. She's a momager. <laughs> Momager over here. I reinforced it. Yeah. I'm like, slowly built it up. But that's all we need. Yeah. Thick and nice skin. You do cry a lot less now. <laughs> it's true. You At know work. what? I'm also medicated. <laughs> like, it was me and her therapist. Yeah. Looking back awesome. from then to now, we're so proud of. Okay, so you did rattle off a few, a few of them, but what are some unspoken club rules that girls working in the club should be aware of, you think? Ooh, unspoken ones. I mean, I don't know. If your establishment doesn't allow extras, can you not figure yourself in the VIP room? Because then I got to, like, deal with him right after harassing me to, like, do things that I don't want to do in the VIP room. Like, I don't have, like, any shame towards, like, girls that want to do that, like, extras or services. But, like, I hate when they bring that stuff into environments that it's not supposed to be in just because then it makes a really dangerous environment for everyone else because it's going to be that guy who thinks I, he can, like, just shove his dirty finger in my vagina when I turn around. And, and this is super raw, and I'm being, like, no, is this okay? Fine. I'm being, like, super aggressive and raw. Um, I don't know. Like, other things, like... Oh, I've never thought about unspoken rules. I just think about the loud, obnoxious rules. I don't know. What do you guys have? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, like, the basic ones everyone should know. You don't, when there's a dancer performing on stage, you don't approach per row or front row when yeah. they're watching it. Um, if a dancer is sitting at a booth or a table with a customer, 
um, don't approach that. Booth. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For 100%. me, I won't approach even if there's one dancer there and like several yeah. men. I still won't Same. come. Yeah. Same. Um, I see some girls do, and when they do, if I'm sitting there, I will look at them and be like, "Can we help you?" Like I don't give a fuck. I will call yeah, you yeah. up because Unless a I'm bringing my girlfriend yeah. to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. a customer does for sure, or if a yeah. customer asks me to go get a girl, I'll probably totally get Riley. Uh, <laughs> but again, uh, yeah, uh, let me go randomly pick someone. No, I, know. It was, <laughs> I heard about this new girl. Riley, get over here. It's like a mating call. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, 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 I really, there's something that I don't love when girls be given, like, doing the most on the floor. Like, in club settings. In the strip. Oh, like, God, no. like, doing the most on the floor. I see girls given, like, is it always new girls on their first nights, mm-hmm. doing, like, full fucking lap dances on the floor. And I, and I, it's happened while I've been on stage before, and I have fully, like, just, like, full, like, oh, yeah. and his hands is all in her shit. And I'm, like, literally stopped a show, and it was, like, it was, like, 7 p.m. It wasn't even late. <laughs> I was like, girl, it's like, not groping hour. <laughs> oh, and also I'm just like, ma'am, okay, so now turn around and go, hi, want to give me so and so much dollars and go for a dance? He's, he's gonna, gonna go, and then you just did for free. Yeah, and he's gonna go, no. I just got one, yeah. Oh, and I can't actually like touch you half as much up there that I can here? Like, yeah. no. And I'm just like, now you fucked yourself, you fucked everyone that's yeah. gonna approach this guy going up now. And again, he's probably gonna try and assault someone now and yeah. think that he can do that. I hate when I see that happen. A lot of club, depending on the environment, these gay girls doing the most on the floor. And it's I know. like, you bet your ass I always go to manager like, go check this new girl. Yes. I'm, like, oh, I'm going to. And then you okay. over there. Hummus Express. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. checked uh, in. Aisle four. Don't yeah. let her leave again. Clean up on aisle four. Yeah. I'm going to start just saying that jump. Every time I message, I'm like, pick Enough. up the table number, yeah. clean up on. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. Oh, um, maybe a little bit more of a hot take, but are there any etiquette rules that you disagree with? Oh, I never thought about that. Um, <laughs> no, because you just do them. I'm yeah, <laughs> tipping bouncers. I that like that like I so in Alberta they okay. would make us tip out five dollars to every single bouncer every single night, and let me tell you, they ain't doing shit, and they get paid a pretty okay hourly Especially wage compared when they to yeah. for tables, and they literally oh. also get to like sit there and look at pussy for free. Dude, back in the yeah. day, bouncers made stupid fucking money. Like, before you guys started, they'd make, like, double what dancers were making because mm-hmm. they would take so much money from door. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. That's insane. It, like, got, like, checked, like, somewhat yeah. recently-ish. But, yeah, it was wild. They would take, like, hundreds and hundreds of dollars and off, the, like, like, tables and stuff. Here's the thing. In the club, if anyone in the club that helps me make money, I will pay them for helping me mm-hmm. make money. Me too. My yeah. DJ. If you are a DJ, that's... Something. All right, everyone, subtext here if you want to dance. You think I'm giving you a fucking yeah. tip, yeah. sir? You just did, you didn't even do the bare minimum. You did mm-hmm. below the bare minimum yeah. because that's like a that's a coffee shop DJ, bro. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not mm-hmm. a strip club DJ. Is like a com- MC is like completely different than like yeah. so, so like and my bouncers. My bouncers are like actively, constantly doing, putting in efforts to make sure people pe- don't film me when I'm on stage. Mm-hmm. Make, make sure people just aren't sitting on their phone. Make sure people aren't just sitting and staring at my asshole for free or yeah. like people are being disrespectful or like you know. I'm going to pay them and take care of them. I take care of people that take care of me. Just like I take care of my nail lady. I take care of my hair lady, you know? And so, like, I worked in these clubs that they would, not only were we tipping out per dance, we were tipping out per bouncer. And some of these clubs I worked at had, like, 12 bouncers working in one night. 
And then on top of that, they would also make me tip out a dollar per dance, and that would go to the DJ. And a lot of the yeah. times, the DJ of these bars. Alberta. Are, this must be Alberta. Yeah, and a lot of times these DJs were managers. And yeah. it just, yeah. I'm like, why am I tipping out a manager? And you're yeah. on salary, and you're on, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I also disagree with tipping out. I, I disagree with tipping out anyone in the club, to mm-hmm. be honest, personally, mm-hmm. unless they've sent me on to a customer. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I'm going to tip you even if you handle the situation for me, because that's literally your fucking yeah. job. I shouldn't even have to ask you to do it. You should yeah, be yeah. aware of what's happening. Yeah. And I'm not tipping out people keeping track of my dances, because often they're not nope. right with the announced n- dances. I've been different clubs. on that one, too. Yeah, different clubs I've worked at have... Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have, uh, I had that happen. Had too. issues with it. Um, so no, I'm not gonna tip you up for doing literally nothing. Um, it's insane. I and then I see all the new girls fucking doing it now. Yeah. They start giving these people tips, yeah. and then I'm like, Are you fucking dizzy? What are you doing? Like, it's just like you've set such a bad precedent now. Yeah, and it makes everyone. It just. It just makes, and that's what creates this, like, energy where people don't realize that are non-industry people that, like, there are so many fucking hands in my pot. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. like, why do you think I'm such a bitch when you've been sitting in my club for four fucking hours? You've watched, like, three of my shows, mm-hmm. and I've watched you not go for our dances, not tip stage girls, not tip your girls sitting at your tables, and eventually I'm going to be like, sir... Do you know how expensive I am right now? Yeah. If my nails, my hair, yeah. my outfit, my makeup, my like my fucking Uber here, you know, like and it's times are hard and time is money. And yeah. that's why girls, we don't waste it by getting wasted in the club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't waste it by getting wasted. I'm I, gonna make that a fucking catchphrase. <laughs> yeah. I would say that the majority of the time that the bouncer has stepped in, mm-hmm. they've lost me money. Oh, God, yeah. Also, they never do that, too. No, you know what I've done now? Too is aggressive. Because or... I'm sober at work, yeah. and because people know I'm on my shit. Yeah. Um, and if you ever see me downstairs, the sun goes wrong, I'm very quick in my heels. Yeah. The minute someone starts acting wrong, I right, yeah. to the, right to a bouncer that I trust, and I say, um, stand, come stand by me, because mm-hmm. they know I'm not have time to explain to you what's happening, but you trust me enough that, it's, yeah. if, that there's a reason if I'm getting you to be there. Yeah. yeah, and I don't have to expl- waste time mm-hmm. explaining to you, and then I, they just know that if I nod, that I need you to step in, but otherwise just be there for me. Yeah. If I nod, not support. Out. Like, like, can you come like, do your job? Yeah, for pretty. Lady. That also goes back to having a reputation for being responsible, like on your shit, yes. not a fucking drunk. Like, hundred percent. And people have respect, and they, and they value what you are saying, and your word means something. Yeah, that's another reason why I think being sober at the club is a big. Asset oh my god, too. you are so much more. You you are like held at such a higher. Just high, in high regard. Regard, right? yeah. yeah. That's like that's not that you're above anyone else. And again, not that I shame people that drink or shame anyone that drinks at work. Like, everyone is different. Um, but I just that was another thing too. Is I was sober for like a while, and I remember like making a comment to a man. I I literally was sober at a club, and I had the owner walk up to me, and say, "What's what's what? Like, are you okay? Are you have you been all right lately?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. Why?" And they're like, "I don't know. You've just been so like." Uh, lately and I'm like well is it maybe because I just don't drink at work anymore like when I'm here I'm here to make your business money I literally mm-hmm. said these words I said yeah when I'm here man I'm here to make you money I'm here to make me money every time I drink I injure myself I can't finish a full week of work like something happens and I just like I just want to be like here to put on good shows and work yeah, smarter not harder you know yeah. what I mean because yeah. like I'm here to work not mm-hmm. you know yeah. and this person looked at me and said ah I miss Drunk Demi. She was way more fun. You should bring her back. And then turned around and walked away. And, like, that is, like... Good talk. (laughs) And I'm not going to lie. This was, like, someone in management and ownership of said club. And it was so, like, heartbreaking for me to, like... Lack of support. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you right now, I have not worked at that club since. Because that was just immediately, to me, I was, like, I'm choosing my peace over people. Because if that's the 
environment that this is going to be for me. Like, we're even just showing up to work. I know that I'm already slightly, like, unwanted. Yeah, I have to be drunk. To, because like, I'm be not, like, vulnerable in a mess. Yeah. And I'm not staying after hours till 6 in the morning after partying and, like, all this fucked up yeah. shit. And I don't want to because I have other things going on in my life. Yeah. And I'm trying to, like, get my shit done. Yeah. And it's so, the same, like, I feel like <clears throat> when I work for, like, um, private gigs. Mm-hmm. Like, if any of the girls tell guys I'm sober or yeah, lookers, I know I'm either not getting booked or they're going to not Ugh. fuck with me. Also, entire, like, not hang I out, consider like, that a dox, by the way. I think that's super inappropriate. Yeah, well, now super I start, when I had a gig, if I don't think the girls had nefarious intentions, mm-hmm. um, and their girls are like, hey, I know you don't know me, but I don't drink, so um, yeah. please don't try to push shots on me with the guys. Also, don't tell or people. Give me, yeah, yeah. And, and please don't tell them that I'm sober. I know, we worked that one gig together, right? Yes. And I, we would, like, doing shots, and I was like, the guys were already drunk, and I was like, they're just peer pressuring me, and I was like, oh, I'm just gonna, like, sip my water, like, in my thing, and yeah, yeah. I'll just drink that with along with them, so they stop bothering me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, I had told this girl that I wasn't drinking also cause I was driving and, um, she like was really aggressive about it. And she asked to like smell my drink in front of everyone. Bizarre. And then was like, oh yeah, like you don't drink, right? Like you're not. Dr-. And I was like, there's three of us here. Like I'm not stepping on any toes. Like yeah. It was, we just looked at each other and we're like, what the fuck is actually happening? That straight up is someone with calculated intentions that they think that they want to like bring you down so that they think it's going to like make them more money type shit. And again, there is no money. Yeah. Yeah. um, Who deserves it to go around? You know what I mean? If you're good enough at your job, you should not have to cut the people down. You don't need to bring other people down. No, and nor do you need to be drunk at your job to figure that out. Yeah. Because you can be fun and engaging and people like you without being drunk. Yeah. Um, I had one girl, this is like a year or so ago now. Um, was at a party and like it was like a like a condo, so it was like big. It was yeah. like it was like everyone at the party was in that room. Yeah. And they're like, oh, shots, shots, and they're hanging out. And then she literally was like standing in the middle of the room. She's like, oh, she doesn't drink. You don't give her one. She doesn't drink. And I'm like, what? And then the next time I saw her at a party, I was like, do my spill. Like, hey, don't, please don't tell her about a drink. I was like, like you did last time. I was like, don't do that shit again, okay? Yeah. And Good. She's like, what? And I'm like, like last time when you fucking called me out, don't do it again. Like, because <laughs> we're gonna have an issue. Call, <laughs> like, call like, bitch out. Yeah. Yeah. That's so unfair. Because also that's unsafe. Because what if you were like milking like buddy at the party who's also like for all you know a fucking drug dealer or a gangster and you've been like fake drinking it so that you can yeah. keep smoozing it and then she's like oh she don't drink over there and then said guy is coked out and is tripping out and thinks you're a fucking honeypot or a narc and then decides to like fucking put a bullet in your brain and I'm literally like bitch like that's so extreme but it's like legit though like these yeah. are things mm-hmm. that girls don't even think about yeah just like keep to yourself yeah. mind your own business literally like, stay in your own lane like yeah. stay in your lane don't yeah, it's hard because a part of me is always like, don't trust people. And like, yeah. the world is so disappointing and this industry makes you jaded as fuck, for sure. You get mad jaded. But yeah. like, you got to stay yeah. in the positive as well and just stay true to your like, morals and like your, I don't know, your values and like, yeah. Yeah. Like, don't fuck with other people's bag. Yeah. yeah. Talking about, uh, not fucking other people's bag. Yeah, not that, no, but no, <laughs> talking about, um, minding your own business. <laughs> Let's talk about gatekeeping. So I know that you um, have spoken a little bit about gatekeeping on your Instagram and TikTok and stuff as Mm -hmm. well. Uh, Can you give us your take on, you know, gatekeeping certain things in the industry and like where you've seen it, if you've seen it? Um, Well, honestly, like it's hard because I definitely find myself kind of in the middle with gatekeeping where do I think that... There are positive aspects of gatekeeping that could probably help a lot of people and 
maybe would make this industry a little less mainstream and so open for people to just come in and kind of dilute it and take away from like etiquette and things like that yes but um I it happened I think the realization for gatekeeping with me hit when I was entering PR I'd been in PR chats for like months I actually was sitting in chats for like six months just like a little worker yeah, yeah literally like I got added to them but I was just like terrified of ever actually like putting myself out there but I sat down with a girl in the industry who literally had me over for tea so that I could sit and pick her brain and ask any question I needed to about PR. She was like really big on, she wanted me to feel like I had all the tools in my tool belt. I felt mm-hmm. safe. And when I went into it, because this, at this point I was also doing another sobriety stint, I wasn't drinking, I was still smoking, but I wasn't drinking. So it was really intimidating to me and I just really didn't know if I could do it sober, et cetera, et cetera. And so she had me over for three hours and I sat there and I picked her brain about like, rates service I didn't even know that like even in a half service they're wearing like a condom like little things like that that like hadn't even like faced me or like crossed my mind and she literally let me sit there and pick her brain for hours ask anything I needed to and at the end of it I made sure to be like you know thank you so much for like having me over and sharing this like knowledge with me and like I don't know a lot of people are very closed off to like sharing this world with them and I with other people and I understand that But I don't know, like, I actually feel, like, prepared to try and do this now. And she said this thing where she was like, listen, we are in a world where women are always somewhat going to be against the world. Not just against men. The world is always going to be against women. And, like, at the end of the day, knowledge is power. And I want all of us to have, like, all the power we can to keep ourselves safe and strong and confident and aware of what we're getting ourselves into and blah, blah, blah. And that really fucking stuck with me. And so going forward, like, I just feel like like gatekeeping has its pluses but like I feel like we're just all so much better if we have perspective and insight and knowledge and we either grow from it or we can use those things and I just feel like I don't know like even when I have like drunk girls in VIP that are all like oh my god what you do is so empowering like I want to be a stripper I've been thinking about it and I am so dead ass with them I'm like girl like I'm, I'm so I literally say I'm so that's so flattering and I'm glad that it looks empowering for you but you have to keep in mind a lot of this really isn't empowering yeah. there's a lot of things that are actually really harmful about it that are really hard and like you know I pay like $300 a month for therapy now and like yeah. you have to think about other things that like like it's not just like partying around in heels and getting paid like you get touched and like I'm so fucking I don't care how wasted they are I will be so real with them with like whether I'm gonna give them hard facts like you know I'm not gonna like be a Debbie Downer in the middle of a lap dance but I'm just like you know babe you don't even know I know like I'm traumatized no I'm not gonna like dive into trauma with like Becky over here like it's more just just trying to have a good fucking time she's just trying to be like you're pretty and I'm like no let me tell you the harsh realities you know it's all makeup I cried while I glued my lashes on I know, you know. I just feel like it's important because then these girls are like, "Oh wow, I had no idea," or like it's like the server telling people that you you make below minimum wage, and they're like, "What?" And you're like, "It's not all tips and glamour, baby." Like a lot of it is getting spat in in my face and having to deal with bullshit and assaulted, and it's not all fun. But I feel like yeah, it's just because then that also I feel like people have such a skewed vision of like strip club culture and like sex work they think it's either like this hyper sexualized or over sensualized or over glamorized and I'm just so like listen we're in a recession I'm gonna be real with what being a stripper right now is like and I'm gonna like validate some of your thoughts and ideas of what it's like but I'm also gonna be real with you and like if you don't have awareness of your mental health if you don't actively want to like be aware of that and like make like if you're gonna invest in nails and shit like that be investing in your your health as well Mm -hmm. and like 
that's another thing I feel like nobody learns until like way into their career is like investing in your health, mm-hmm. like mental yeah. health, physical health. I only just saw RMT for the first time like last week and I was like, I hate this and I love this and why am I like three years into dancing with like four active injuries and I'm only just mm-hmm. doing this. Like, yeah. like little things like that. But I don't know, gatekeeping is just like, I don't know. It can be really harmful, but it can also be really helpful, but I don't know. I think knowledge is power, and dude, like, that's why the mean girl shit, it's so unnecessary. We're already up against, like, everyone. And we have so many hands mm-hmm. in our pot in life and in work and in everything. Like, everyone's always trying to take something from us. Why do we gotta, like, beat each other women? Like, beat other women down or, like, tear them down or, like, it's just so pointless. Like, we yeah. should be reinforcing ourselves and in it and like inadvertently doing that for other people as well if we can not that it's your job but you don't have yeah. to tear people down i'm pro gatekeeping yeah from people outside of the industry yeah. and i'm typically like not gatekeeping i like that. from inside the industry like if you can't like i mean this is so ironic to say on a podcast no free for people <laughs> but like if you can't even figure out how to like learn about the industry via finding a podcast or finding some mm-hmm. 50 plus tip 50, 50 plus a tip on um like then you i don't want to say you don't deserve to be in the industry but like you're not, you're you not entitled want. yeah mm-hmm. i feel like that's a big thing is yeah. people think that they're entitled to it and i'm like also i feel like you need to have humility and like compassion and like some form of empathy a little bit just even just a sliver of it coming yeah. into this industry because like the jealousy and the like the noise outside will like really like want to bring you down but at the end of the day we're all just here trying to pay our bills and yeah. like survive or get ourselves from point a to point b and like literally just like you can't come into this industry shaming other women or shaming other forms of sex work you cannot come into stripping and then like go and shame a prostitute on the street i'm sorry i know yeah. You may not agree, but we are all one and the same. Yeah. Like, yeah. just because I'm not, like, popping my pussy in here does not mean I'm any mm-hmm. different from anyone else that is. And, like, like I hate people. Like, like that <laughs> is... Full stop. I hate people. Yeah, I hate people. <laughs> that, that would be like that, you know? I want to be a stripper, but I don't want to be touched. Sis. Yeah. Yeah. I think my line for, like, gatekeeping is, um, like, I don't want girls wearing the same outfits as me. Like, everyone yeah. now has, knows the outfits I wear, so now I switched to new yeah. outfits, and I really never post where they're from because yeah, yeah, that yeah. I will gatekeep stuff like that that's it's not Little gonna things, like keep yeah. someone safe um mm-hmm. but it, it's gonna do more you damage to me like, right I don't want to be your outfits. yeah <laughs> <laughs> I am no, yeah, yeah. like whole place down um, but more so because, like, it's not going to look good for any of us if we're all wearing the same outfit. So, like, yeah. I'm going to keep my little find. Yeah. But I'm the first person to share information that's going to protect or help someone in, like, yeah. make money. Like, that's the two things. And, like, even I was working a little while ago and a girl messaged me, like, the, ne- like, the next day. It was, like, I just want to thank you that I'm, like, so happy I met you in this industry. And, like, you've helped me make so much money Love and, like, blah, this. blah, blah. And I'm, like, yes. Like, I want to be known for, like, keeping women safe and, like, helping them increase their income in, like, a safe, yeah. um, respectful way. But I don't need to tell you all my fits. Yeah. <laughs> no, I had a girl one time, a VIP girl, when I was VIPing uh, here one time. She was like really nice, definitely her first couple shifts. Very like, it was giving me like super cute, naive, chasing after like butterfly energy. It was very sweet. And then at the end of the night, she just like 
kind of came up to me and was like making a really big point to be like, I love everything you you wear, your whole vibe. I follow you on Instagram. Like I'm obsessed with you, blah, blah. And I'm so always like, oh, like, thank you. That's so kind of like for anyone to come up and like, yeah. t you know, be vulnerable like that and share that. I was like really sweet. But then she's like, like, I need to know like where you get all your outfits from, like blah, blah, blah. And at the time I was so like, oh my God, yeah, I'll totally like love to hook my other dancers up, blah, blah, blah. I walked away and like my friend who I was there VIPing with was like, girl, yeah. You need to, like, reel in, because that girl was trying to jack your style, and, like, you were just giving it to her. Yeah. She didn't have to jack it. You were yeah. just giving it to yeah. her. Let me tell you, sometimes hot girls do gatekeep. <laughs> yes. You know yeah. what? Honestly, this, these are gatekeeping. Okay, this yeah. is gatekeeping at four. Yes. yes. 100%. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So, something that we've talked about a bunch on the podcast, and... Um, you know, lives as well, is how fucking difficult dating can be. Um, just, like, of course, in general, but especially oh. in this industry. Um, yeah. So... As our faces. Yeah, no. <laughs> Says it all. You know, it's like, mm, yeah. Like, I'm gonna get at that. <laughs> uh, so what has been your experience uh, trying to date while working as a sex worker? And do you have any tips on how to make dating a little less painful? I feel like I could only just go with, I can give tips on how to make it a little less painful because I definitely don't think I have any know-it-all knowledge because I am still figuring it out. Like, the last two relationships I had, I, like, were so, like, movie romance in the beginning and then very quickly took a sudden turn. When I say Riley and I were so invested in your two past relationships. I know, dude! I was <laughs> like, I knew I knew one of them yeah. from actually I've known two girls that dated those guys yeah. and I so badly was going to DM mm, you but I was like dude. no and they both know. ended in like a hot dumpster fire like, yeah, and I was going to pre-warn you but I was like you know what baby stripper needs to learn <laughs> <laughs> the mother stripper was like she yeah. needs to learn yeah. <laughs> this will be fun to watch <laughs> uh, first of all don't I personally I, you gotta like you gotta like uh you need to acknowledge your boundaries right away. The key things that you need from your partner. And for me, like, yes, I work in the clubs. I don't want to date someone who goes to the clubs. No, I'm the yeah. same way. Because I dated people that I invited to come hang out at the club with me. And that completely turned around and, like, burned myself and made myself look like a fool. At the end of the, at the, end of the day, you're the one who has to live with your decisions. Yeah. They get to fuck off and go do whatever they want and move on with their life. But you're the one who has to sit with it. And so for me, I really want to keep my work and my personal life super separate. Like, and also I will not date someone who like is still humming and hawing whether or not they're okay with sex work and stuff. Like that's a part of my life. It's a part of my past. It's a part of who I am. It's something I stand for and I advocate mm -hmm. for amongst other things. And so I, going forward, I will not date someone who like even hesitates about how they feel about sex work and women and what they do, choose to do with their bodies, how they choose to make their money. You know what I mean? And I... Both the first one was all hunky dory about it in the beginning. It was all like, yeah, babe, go get your money. You only see your sugar daddy like once a month for like an hour. Cool, as long as you're honest with me about it, whatever, yeah. babe, do whatever you want. And oh, he was all up on your stage. Oh, I remember. I have video of it. It's so cringy. He I McGregor remember. walked up to the <laughs> stage. I like, it. and then I told my next relationship about said ex, and he was literally like, girl, how are you not embarrassed by that alone? And I was like, yeah, we're living with the guilt and the shame. Yeah. Uh, People don't forget. For the second one, oh, I'm trying to forget. I'm just but then the second relationship was the opposite where he like was super upfront with like, I don't know how I feel about this. I've been burned by women in the past that have been in this industry that have lied and cheated on me. And just like, I mean, whatever. But I like had room for this person to like just go to therapy and decide if they're okay. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. You know what you signed up for. 
you know who I am, you know what I've done, and like you either take it or you, I'm cilantro baby. I either taste like soap or you want me on everything. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. You either love me or you hate me. It's either in your genetics or it ain't. And like it yeah. was not in the second one. And I'm just like realizing that like, you know what? I just gotta hold firm to my boundaries. I also find found that I like don't let you don't dim your light so that someone else can shine. Because mm-hmm. I realized that I was like directing my spotlight and like putting it on these dudes yeah that like did not deserve my the podium I was putting them on like mm-hmm. at all and they basically just like reveled in my light and they enjoyed it and they like loved this whole like dating a stripper I date a stripper I date some thick shit and then and then and then they fucking cheated on me not both of them but like anyways yeah. it's just like at the end of the day I'm never like hold firm to your personal boundaries and don't even like your boundaries are what you want in a relationship in general not like even a relationship while you're in the industry that shouldn't even be like a layer to me like that person coming in should like not accept and they may struggle but they have to be okay with sex work in general for mm-hmm. me um yeah i don't know it's messy it's hard i feel like there's one in, there's there's a few really great people out there that are like gonna be easy breezy right off from the beginning when you date them and they'll be okay but like girl let me know when you find them yeah mm-hmm. and let me know if they got a brother or a cousin or someone that's or a nice. sister honestly I'm like I'm, I am bi but like I've been taking a really big break from the ladies the last three years and now I'm kind of like girls yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll uh, put that one in the TikTok I know I like, uh, <laughs> single tier yeah. 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 less disparate though yeah. Yeah. Oh, we'll <laughs> Oh, my God, do you, oh, you guys might be too young, actually. Um, back in the day, like, the only porn I could really get. <laughs> this, this, is when, this is when, like, you had computer rooms in your yeah. house and dial-up. Yeah. So you I, know, like, I had a computer room. Yeah, so you mm. couldn't, like, really watch porn when you were a kid. And I had, like, bunny ears. Like, do you know bunny ears are? Like, antennas yeah. on the knees. <laughs> Right? So I had to like use antennas to find the one channel late at night that had the girls on the bed and they'd be like, Call me and we can talk about Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I forgot about (laughs) that. My pansexual ass was like Oh my god, I love that. Yeah. Or what was it? it Bravo After Dark? Was it like Bravo that did like After Dark or whatever on the weekends where from like 3 a.m. on like cable on Bravo Channel they played like super raunchy movies or like TV series. So like my parents went to bed at like 9 p.m. and I'd be like literally on that couch just like, yeah. All right, well, something to do later. Bravo After Dark. I don't know if I can find out my rabbit ears. Just kidding, Riley's going home and going, what are rabbit ears? Yeah, I, said, oh, no. I had rabbit ears. Please, I grew up in New Zealand. We were like a couple years behind. <laughs> growing up was like my age growing up. That time she got it. No, so we, funny. Uh, yeah, we had like a bunny ears TV. Yeah, yeah. And then we had a like a regular TV, but we only had three channels. Yeah, I got like no channels. Yeah. Online. We had like the No, but like the, the until town I was 10. like 16. Yeah, through my childhood. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. So and they didn't have like Jersey Shore or like. No, no. I was older by the time Jersey Shore came yeah. out, so I was illegally no. I mean, we ended head. up getting, like, Sky, which was kind of, like, a yeah. s- not a streaming service, but it had, like, a bunch of channels and sports. It was like a little network. But, yeah, mm-hmm. my sister and my dad, we watch, um, like, Hell's Kitchen, and yeah. I would sit <laughs> out. My sister and my dad watched porn, and then I was <laughs> <laughs> like, why Where was I going? <laughs> and then I used to sit in the garage on this, like, plastic stool with the, like, little TV and the antenna. Well, yeah. really were the to least watch, favorite yeah. <laughs> To watch Charmed. <laughs> 
this is so Because it was on at the same time. I'm obsessed. Wow, they really I'm like obsessed. your sister more. Hey? She has to be in the house. You have to be in the garage. <laughs> I remember I VCRs. <laughs> like VCRs, man. Like oh, actual yeah. videos. Like you had to always rewind. Yeah, Blockbuster things over there. Renting movies. Oh, I miss yeah. it. It used to be like the highlight going it's Saturday. Saturday. And then they'd always be out the new ones. Yeah. I know. Halloween, all the Halloween movies will be out. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> listener, we, we, we digress. Years <laughs> of your. Um, so, okay, listener questions. Um, we're running out of time here, so I pulled about uh, seven of them. About okay, I cool. count exactly seven. So we have exactly seven. <laughs> Sorry. About Roughly one, two, about three, maybe four. That's seven. Um, so the first one. What was dancing like in YYC versus YVR? So Calgary versus. Oh Vancouver. my gosh, worlds different. Um, I so Alberta. It's a very different system of how you tip out, how you make your money. Alberta, big thing. The reason why I wanted to try dancing while I was living there is because it's no contact so that's if you're like in Alberta and you're thinking about dancing that's a really good baby step there's no contact but like consider the like it's very different tipping system to me there's definitely more money to be made in BC in contact provinces I also have had my boundaries broken more in Alberta and no contact provinces than I have here because people here will respect your boundaries more often if you just like explain what they are where and I feel like in Alberta because they know they literally have to sit on their hands like you don't even sit on their laps like you literally like space walk all over the couch and that is their lap dance um I don't know girls are hella competitive in Alberta like the right down to like music if you dance to someone else's music I've almost been fired for that before like it's really intense um yeah we're like here like I don't know it's much more laid back less like performative obviously like we don't do like big stage costumes and stuff quite as much as like Alberta does no loony games here which I mean I grew up on like grew up in stripping I grew up on that and that's where <laughs> I came from so a lot of these BC girls be hating having loonies thrown at them but like that's where I started but I will say like once you go back to not having a coin thrown at your butthole like it's really hard to go back to that so yeah <laughs> I I did you the Looney Games yeah. in St. John's. We did I had a fucking blast. It was yeah. fun. Half of your income from that week comes it's, from like coin. It's yeah. <laughs> um, I like I would put up a post being like, "Come throw a loose change at me." Yeah, literally. <laughs> you know how therapeutic and meditative it is at the end of a long shift, just sitting at four in the morning, your head bobbing, and you're like rolling. To the <laughs> <Yeah. and Judy. laughs> Yeah. Of like all of these things <laughs> with your phone number. That one's going on the Patreon. On the, that's the Tinder not, page that's for not, females only. <laughs> yeah, we're getting bad for doing. Oh, we're getting calls from podcasts all over wanting me on. Yeah, although like nothing sucks more than having your nipple piercing hit with a toonie. Oh my god! No. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> not uh so the next listener question here i find that now i'm sober myself it's discouraging that i don't get picked for bookings as much anymore since moving to vancouver since the clientele scene here is hugely into in quotes party girls what's the best way to navigate keeping my spirits up as an industry girl and not feeling discouraged for making my health a priority um couple things i think the mindset thing that i taught i taught like talked about earlier about if you really shift your mindset I am someone who was also bullied in high school so like I feel, always feel very ostracized from people because I don't drink so I already feel like I'm an outsider and so I can understand why that can feel super ostracizing and like uncomfortable um just literally shift your mindset like you're there to work babe like and you're there to like get your money and like you don't need 
drugs and alcohol and if people think that they do like they're not that's not money you want to take home because that's not the karmic money energy but if you want to try and work the system which I did and I have done for a while and it's worked for me girl when you go work those private parties I, I bring my own six pack of white claws and then I dump those and I fill them up with water and then that way you don't need to be like denying drinks all night because mm -hmm. I also don't like tequila or henny <laughs> and that's the two things that everyone in Vancouver drinks mm -hmm. so you can bring your own fake drinks um, I like to, you can lie and say that you're hungover from partying the night before. Mm -hmm. I like to say, tell people I'm on a liquid diet only and, and that like, that I'm not like, you know, there's so many little tips and tricks, but I think a really big thing is who you surround yourself with in your mindset is like, if you're hanging out with girls that have to get fucked up every single time they work and stuff like no shame to them, but that's like, obviously not energy. That's going to like encourage you and make you feel more validated in your sobriety, but stick with it because I promise you the universe will like really really throw you back a bone for like sticking true to yourself and your sobriety like truly mm -hmm. how did you learn pole tricks and how to perform on stage girl covid that's how i learned <laughs> pole tricks i was i look back on videos of me even dancing as a go-go dancer and it's like that 90s canadian idol edition that like you kind of have to change the channel because it's so atrocious <laughs> and you also are like this Wait, girl got airtime. i gotta go get her <laughs> you know support it's bad but um, when COVID hit, I bought a super janky, like, owned by, like, 10 previous strippers uh, brass pole, and I put it in my room, and I literally spent those first three months of the lockdown just watching videos and obsessing and teaching. I am weirdly biased about going to pole studios. Um, I, don't sh I don't have any issues with pole studios. It's more the fact that, like... I just felt weird giving my money to someone that isn't a stripper or sex worker to teach me. I also don't do well in classroom settings. It's like 40 minutes with 30 other people. And I just found I wasn't like, I don't enjoy that. So if you're going to like, if you want to take pole lessons, I personally would rather pay someone directly and do private lessons. Um, you're, it's more sustainable and ethical. You're actually giving like the dancer themselves, which is literally the culture of which pole dancing comes from money where even though a lot of strippers and industry girls do work out of pole studios, pole studios take a huge cut of that. And I don't really like to support that. So anyways, I just like to support and follow dancers that I really, really look up to. You can again, do private lessons and just get ready to burn your skin a lot and hurt your body a lot get knee pads invest in knee pads i did not do that and oh, i yeah. i really fucking wish i did let me tell you um yeah and pull grip dry hands and knee pads you best friends yeah. i do agree with you about what you're saying about the pole studio i do love that the um ones in vancouver they're really good yeah and they're six worker owned or ex-six yeah. worker owned yeah so and also very big about like bipoc and queer yes. and, like i'm really like i really do support like their their efforts to like show that they support like having like POC yeah. teaching twerk shops and stuff like that like that's a really big deal I don't know I also just I don't like the, cl the class setting yeah. like having that one on one <clears throat> it's much more like and also the things that like you'll learn a couple tricks at the pole class but like it's not really things that you can throw on stage no yeah exactly yeah. Mm -hmm. next listener question what is your most embarrassing moment at the club oh I have so many what do you joke what I have so many um I mean, to me, embarrassing is a very, like, loose term because if you know me well enough, like, I don't take myself that seriously. I literally air blow drop on stage to show people that, like, I'm a, I, I'm a goofball. I know I double fist something. it and I just, like, oh, drunk me at move something? Don't even talk about it. Again, I don't know her. I wasn't there. I was at home in bed being a good Christian girl. I don't know what you were talking about. Oh, that night was a rough one. 
Anyways, like, uh, embarrassing. I mean, I've definitely, like, gone my period through a white number five orange bodysuit during a dance before, but the guy was literally so nice. I didn't, I, he didn't say a word, and I just finished my dance, and he tipped me really well, and that was the <laughs> end of that. It was a daytime custody. They're always a little weird. So, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, I, 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 like, I could fall on, I've, like, broken my ankle on stage, and I literally had to take my shoes off and, awkward, like, crawl on my hands and knees, and my, that was the most embarrassing thing, literally, was having to crawl off stage, down the <laughs> stairs at Penthouse, in my bare feet, two songs into my show, the DJ's like, what should we walk off? Like, and I'm like, I'm done. Done. The fact that you had to crawl down those yeah. three um, stage oh. stairs and, and then not like down, like flights. you have to turn around where like everyone's looking at you and you're just like, and everyone literally had just gotten up and sat in my front row because I was putting on like a fire show and then done and I literally go, oh, I, I can't stand up in yeah. my boots. I can't do anything. And I'm like, but they paid to see my pussy. So I quickly laid on my back, shimmy my panties off, was like, woo, vagina, vagina. Censor that for TikTok. Vagina, vagina. And then I literally tried to stand up and I was like, oh, no, we can't even stand. Yeah. And so I literally was like, this is a part of the show. Took my boots off. Um, <laughs> socks on in my boots. You know, nothing cute about a stripper naked with socks on. <laughs> like regular, like Joe Fresh socks and had to crawl off stage. So, hello, beautiful. <laughs> no, that's okay. okay. I know we're no. running out of Miss Horn from last yeah. season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm intruding their space. So. <laughs> that's awesome. And the last customer question here. What is your absolute favorite customer memory? Oh, I've, my top, I have two, a hard two right now. Um, when I was in Whitehorse a couple of weeks ago, um, I was on stage and like legitimately it felt like the entire town was in that bar. And although it wasn't like some million dollar show, they only get girls there once a year and the amount of energy that I felt from them that night and on that particular show like filled my chest so much with like love and almost like panic like it was so overwhelming by the end of my show that like I actually like legitimately started crying because I was just like it was just like real like genuine like love and I don't even I didn't even care about the money like it was just so nice and like I love Vancouver but like it's nice to have a break from city folk and be around like small town nice people yeah and so that was a moment and then um I had a <laughs> this is stupid I had a girl here at the five actually these group of girls is one of their birthdays they're super wasted super nice and I had promo for some reason and they had, or no, they brought a poster that they had gotten for me in like Campbell River or something. It was like a weird story. And they were like, can you sign her poster? She's like a suit. The birthday girl's like a super big fan of you. And I was like, yeah, totally. And I'm naked on stage signing the poster. And she goes, hey, can you write good soup on it? I have like one viral TikTok and it's to the good soup sound. <laughs> And it's cause and the TikTok is literally when you're so hungover that solid foods isn't an option. And I'm literally sipping a fucking Caesar, yeah. and I go, good soup. And literally, <laughs> it's the only thing that has ever gone viral with me ever on TikTok, really. And she literally was like, she doesn't like you're good soup girl. And she literally made me sign, love good soup girl on her poster. And then she like was so wasted, she like clued in who I was. It was like like a cute little celebrity moment over yeah. fucking a Caesar TikTok. Yeah. The dorkiest, weirdest thing. That's when you know you're popping off is when the TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> when you're getting called out for your TikTok on stage. <laughs> not your not your butthole. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite when people like reference you as like your like, username. Oh yeah. No, like, I was, like, walking um, through the club one day, and uh, this guy was like, you're a generic hawk girl. I was going to say, I didn't want to yell at you. I know. We were talking about that one. I'm like, generic hawk girl. <laughs> like, 
I am a generic hot girl, yes. Yeah. Um, okay, and before we let you go, because these stage girls are needing their room, yeah. um, last three rapid-fire questions we ask everyone. First one is, what is one thing on your sexual bucket list that you haven't done yet but want to try? Oh, 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 oh. I actually would love to have, like, a foursome, like, me and a dude with another couple. But, like, <laughs> not that it's, like, I'm, like, some horned dog, but I, it has crossed my mind, and it's definitely something I've wanted to do. So. We volunteer tribute. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Are you guys a couple? <laughs> <laughs> volunteer tribute. Mostly. We'll just find a hot guy. Most of my sexual experiences have been with Riley. <laughs> <laughs> no, they haven't. Actually, I definitely <laughs> witnessed some of that. <laughs> Um, and the second one here, one thing you've tried sexually that you probably wouldn't do again. Uh, you know what? No, I don't have any regrets. I don't regret any of them. Even like the like not so fun ones. I feel like you never know until you try it. And there was never like anything I hated. It was just like, okay, we've learned how not to do it like that next time. Yeah, that's a good answer. (laughs) That's a good answer. And the last one here, if you had the world's attention for 30 seconds, what would you say? Girl, don't take yourself so seriously. Don't take life so seriously. Have fun. Do whatever the fuck you want and be kind to others. Love it. Perfect. Love it. Awesome. And then it'll just be silent for the next Yeah, for the end. And then you have another 22 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. Just staring. <laughs> <laughs> call me. Call me. Call me. <laughs> awesome. Slim, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me in the clubs. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, you can find me all over. I mean, right now I'm going to Fort St. John next week, and then I'm just back at the 5 uh, end of April. So Awesome. And your handle is? Oh, yes. It is. What is it? It's Slim Thick. <laughs> I had to think about it. It's literally it's, it's, it's Slim Thick with a period in between each word, baby. Yeah. Awesome. It's Slim. No, like, it's it's Slim Thick. Right? Yeah. Okay. Can yeah. <laughs> we do a whole Instagram kind of this at the end? Slim thick. So wait, is it real? It is. It's slim thick. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And as always, you can find us on Instagram at 50 plus a tip pod or email at 50 plus a tip at gmail.com or 50 plus tip pod at gmail.com. You can slide into our DMs with questions, comments. We love getting them. Again, thank you so much for joining us, Slim. It has been an absolute pleasure thank to have you. you. Yeah. And do you want to read a lot for our sign-off? Because you're such a big fan. You should know. Oh, my up. gosh. Uh, okay. No, don't do that. in for you. <laughs> Into the camera, please. Have a wonderful week and keep whoring it up. And I jazzed it up a little bit. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, you can hear no, if you have one with the actual in case, you're like, ant cut. <laughs> have a wonderful week and keep whoring. Close, but not quite. <laughs> And happy Orient! <laughs> Please make a whole clip. I'm just stoned and dyslexic and ADHD. Try again. <sighs> Have a wonderful week and keep home. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm done. I got it. I quit. Well, <laughs> happy Orient. Okay. Happy Orient. Yes, okay. Ready? <laughs> Have a wonderful week. Madeline's like, I hate all of you. I hate all of you right now. It's too early for this. Okay, just just do the last one. Have a wonderful week. And happy whoring. Yeah. (laughs) She got two words.